I've had too many experiences where people's animals have gone bad, not because they did a bad job gutting or a bad job with the gutless or whatever, but because they didn't know what in the heck to do with the animal. Welcome to Just the Tip Tuesday, Got Game University's new short form podcast. I'm Mike Edgehouse, and with co-host Ryan Smith, we take 10 to 15 minutes to dive into a subject that will make you a better hunter. Remember, it's just the tip that counts. On this week's episode of Just the Tip Tuesday, Ryan and I are back after about a month-long hiatus because of life situations, hunting, butchering, cooking, and traveling for our families. We're here to discuss an important topic that falls on the shoulders and responsibility of all of the seasoned hunters, as well as us recording this podcast. What the beginner hunter needs when they kill their animal. We're not just going to talk about the need for a kill kit and to practice at the range. We're going to talk about how once you kill the animal, you actually have a plan instead of calling 37 different butchers in 14 states begging them to take your animal because you don't know what to do with it. It's going to be a good one full of some laughs and some important information that's going to fall on all of our shoulders as seasoned hunters. Stay tuned. Welcome to another episode of Just the Tip Tuesday. Uh, We're glad to be here with you. Thanks for joining in. We got a fun topic for you today. Mike, our uh, local or our own local butcher, he does it all. You know, (laughs) he He knows everything. He's been butchering on the side, and he's got some good information for us today from butchering and dealing with hunters on the on the daily. Mike, go ahead and tell them what the topic is and what you've been dealing with as a butcher. Well, Ryan, the topic for this week's podcast is the responsibility of the hunter that kills something. And not just the hunter, but actually your shoulders, my shoulders, all of our friends that we know are seasoned hunters that listen to this, that their buddies say, oh, I'm going to go hunt for the first time this year. And, you know, we give them areas to hunt in. We tell them what weight bullets to use, um, what rifles to use, et cetera. But then we stop and we have this assumption that they know what in the hell to do with their animal after they kill it. And I'm not talking gutting it, you know, or doing the gutless method by the cut right app, by the way, or whatever. I'm talking they get it out of the field and then they call literally every single butcher shop, whether they take wild game or not, within three states begging them to take their animal. And when they realize we're all filled up. They don't know what to do with their animal and their meat goes bad. Um, You're right. I've been running a uh, mobile wild game butchering business up here in Northern Idaho this year. And it's been fantastic. I've met some freaking amazing people. I've had the honor to butcher some absolutely beautiful animals and get people perfect meat and really hone my craft as a butcher and see a lot of different animals and different anatomy. And it's been really, really cool forming the relationships. But what's been is equally not as cool is having people that don't know that they actually need a cooler, don't know that they can hang their meat in their garage with a fan on it as long as the temperature doesn't get super hot. Don't know that in a worst case scenario, 
a la Taylor with an elk a couple of years ago, you can throw it in a freezer in your, in your game bags and it will be completely fine. And then you're going to take it out, let it thaw and then just butcher it. Then like I've had too many experiences where people's animals have gone bad, not because they did a bad job gutting or a bad job with the gutless or whatever, but because they didn't know what in the heck to do with the animal after they got it out of the field. And I figured it'd be a great conversation for us. And and by the way, man, it's been like a month, so it's good. See, it's good seeing your uh, your shining eyes. It looks like uh, you've been working I, out quite a bit for us here. Oh, huh? oh yeah, getting strong. I, it's, I, the I it's the it's winter bulk. It's the winter bulk. I didn't know if you were wearing uh, wearing shirts you bought at Baby Gap, or if you actually been lifting <laughs> weights or what, because you're looking you're looking pretty buff over there, buddy. Me and my six month old were sharing. <laughs> saves us saves us some money so no uh i'm curious yeah how far i mean you've had people i know you've had people from pretty far away you yeah how far is the furthest person came to you to butcher for you Ooh, the the person the furthest person that came to me so my business um primaledgepursuits.com by the way if you want to check that out mobile wild game processing i go to them So I have a, um, it's kind of a side gig on top. And then I explain cut right to people and stuff. And I, I also help tutor them, you know, if they want me to butcher this first time, but then they want to learn how to do it. I bring them into the trailer. In fact, did that last week with a, with a client, he came out with his mule dairy. He's like, I want you to do this, but I want to learn more than I want you to do it for me. Can you help me out with that? And I says, heck yeah. I mean, that's what I am, an educator, right? Down at the college. So that was great. So I've I've traveled, uh, so far the furthest travel distance is 111 miles from Coeur d'Alene. I've mm-hmm. traveled to, to Butcher. Um, have you had any calls further than that? I have had calls further than that. I've had calls from Seattle. I've had calls from Flathead Valley, Montana. Um, I've had, I've had calls from British Columbia. Uh, I've had a couple calls, believe it or not for bear in California. Um, I just don't think they realize that I'm in Northern Idaho and that after 40 miles, I charge a dollar per mile. So me driving to Northern California would cost them a small fortune (laughs) to butcher a bear. So, um, but I've also, you know, I've had a couple calls from Wyoming I've actually walked people via zoom, uh, for them to butcher their moose via zoom. So they'll hold their camera or have their computer and then put the leg down in front of me. And I, I describe where to find the cuts and what to do and have walked them through butchering a front quarter and hind quarter. And then they do the other ones themselves. Um, and that's kind of where the synthesis of this topic came from, for me. Um, a lot of phone calls that I have an animal, I need it butchered. It's going to get warm. What am I supposed to do? These are topics that I I educate and try to educate, but it really falls on all of our shoulder because most adult onset hunters don't just start hunting out of the blue. They have a friend that hunted or, you know, saw an episode on YouTube or something like that, but they've made contact with somebody that hunts and yeah, we give them information on what rifle to use, what weight bullet we use since it's rifle season. I guess they can use a bow too during rifle season, you know, some areas to think about what topography and features to look for to kill their animal. And then we tell them, you know, gut it and get it out. And I think the gross 
misunderstanding is that once they get it out, they'll know that they can put it in a cooler, they can throw it in a freezer, they need to hang it or something along those lines. And so that's usually where our education, educating the people as new hunters and us being longer hunters, hunting longer, falls short. And we make that assumption. And what I've seen is that assumption is a poor one to make, that there's a lot of, I've done all this right, I got the guts out, I did the gutless method, and then it's this panic of what should I do? How long can I keep it there? What should I, like, if I put it in a, in a cooler during the day, then what should I do? Just leave it there. Where do I need to put the ice? Like all these different things that we assume new hunters know. And that's what I wanted to talk about today, because I think a little bit of education, I mean, we can cover everything really that a new hunter needs to know, or that our friends that are experienced hunters can relate to a new hunter in probably six or seven minutes, quite honestly, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even with that, I mean, just a quick shout out to the Cut Right app. It's If you're an experienced hunter, it's not that hard to put a friend towards the Cut Right app that goes through all yeah. of the butchering, all of the gut, you know, the whole process from the kill all the way to the dinner table. And so it's a, it's a, easy tool definitely if you don't feel like you're a good teacher you don't have time to go butcher the animal with them or let alone get the mm -hmm. animal off the mountain uh the cut right app's a great tool to start with definitely for uh new hunters but even experienced hunters you know i've shot a few animals and i've learned a ton through the cut right app yeah uh, just in my own butchering you know well the the thing i've i've seen in regards to the app and we'll pump its tires a little bit more a lot of the people <laughs> even experienced hunters especially new ones but even experienced ones are afraid they will quote ruin their meat by butchering it themselves there's no ruining your meat by butchering it yourself if it's your first animal is the eye of round going to be 100 percent perfect when you pull it out probably not but you know when it will be perfect on the next animal you kill, right? You're going to, it'll probably be a little bit smaller and chopped up on the first hind quarter. And then the other side, it'll be a little better. And by the time it's your second or third animal, it's going to be darn near perfect. And you're going to figure out things left and right. You know, the, the cut right app for $14.99 on an elk, it's going to save you four to 800 bucks. And on a deer, it's going to save you three to 500 bucks. Like I, there's no way around that. I mean, take, take 1499, buy it. And when you kill whitetail, cause the whitetail ruts coming up pretty darn excited about that myself, take the time and just butcher your own animal. If your wife or your husband or your significant other or your mom or dad says, you're not bringing that damn thing in my house. That's totally fine. It's cool enough that you can actually do it on the tailgate of your truck. Or if you have an SUV, you can lift up the hatch and do it on there. Or if you have a 1982 Honda Civic that you call the beast, that's a stick shift that you drive to high school every day with five friends in it, speaking from experience here, you can lift the hatchback of that thing up and butcher on there. It's going to be cold enough. It doesn't matter where you do it. Get a plastic table and do it outside. But doing it yourself, you're going to learn a ton. And that really is the ultimate field table, keeping the meat in your hands. No, that's true. And so what would be, you know, you, you're the one that's dealing with, uh, you know, 
you know, these people that don't really know how to do it themselves, what would be yeah. your uh, first suggestion to them when they're coming off the mountain? Like what would be yeah. your go-to suggestion? And I mean, kind of step-by-step go through that for us. Okay. So my, my first suggestion, if we can bypass the keep the meat clean, uh, try not to puncture the bladder or the intestines onto it, let's bypass all that and get to the animals actually off the mountain. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing to do with that is to hang that meat and it can be hung in game bags and, and hanging the meat is often misconstrued as I need to have a two by four or a stud in my garage or a tree to hang it from. Listen, if you have a wire shelving unit, putting it on that wire shelving unit is just as good as hanging it. You just want somewhere where the air can flow around it because one of the most important things to have happen to it is to have that rind or that pellicle form around the outside of it, right? That does multiple things, but you're really trying to get all that blood out of the meat. And as, as a butcher and speaking to people that are going to butcher their own animals, when that rind forms on the outside, it is so much easier to actually butcher your meat because you're going to cut that rind off. And when that rind comes off, you're cutting the silver skin off and you're cutting this super sticky. It, it's a connective tissue that's super sticky on top of the meat that if the animal's not dried out properly, that stuff is the biggest pain to get off. You're going to go through about seven rolls of paper towels, pulling that stuff off of it. Ryan, you might know what I'm talking about. It's almost like that spider web stuff. Oh yeah. It doesn't cook very well, so you don't really want to leave it on there. So, you know, if you have to get your animal butchered when it and butcher it yourself, when it's still warm, freeze it with that stuff on and then slice that top layer off. But I think to answer your question directly, get it in game bags. You want to get it cooled down and then you want to get it hanging or you want to get it somewhere where there's some airflow around it. Um, that, that really is important. Uh, the second most important thing I would say is don't butcher your animal for 24 hours, right? I, you know, my opinion on aging, you can go back and check out other podcasts for just the tip that we did on aging, but in 24 hours, that rigor mortis releases from the animal. I can tell you from experience, if you butcher, you kill a white tail the morning of November 12th and you butcher it the evening of November 12th, thinking you're going to cook a backstrap and it's going to be the most tender, tastiest backstrap you ever had. And then you cook it perfectly and it is tough. And you're like, I know this white tail was only a two or three year old deer yet. This is so tough. It's gross. It's because it still has that rigor mortis in it. Right. So I think 24 hours is really important to let that rigor mortis release from the animal as well. So game bags hanging and cool. Now, not necessarily in that order, though. I would say if it's cool out like in late November, game bags and hanging because that's going to cool it down. But if you kill, you know, your elk in September or whatnot, get it off the mountain and get it cold. I don't care what you have to do to get it cold, get it cold. Uh, oftentimes that will mean slicing down to the bone. People are, I don't know where to slice. I, I didn't want to ruin the whole bottom round. I didn't want to ruin the whole sirloin tip by slicing down so they don't slice down. And then they end up losing an entire hindquarter to bone rot, either of a deer, a bear, or an elk. 
because they didn't want to cut through one muscle to let that heat from the bone escape. So get it cool. After it cools down, get it hanging to get it dry and just keep it cool. Like as long as the temperature is cool, that animal will keep for, I mean, a couple weeks hanging. That's not a problem. Right. And when you say keep it cool, are you saying use a cooler, throw some ice in it, throw it on the ice, even though there's moisture there? What's your what's your method of cooling it in a hot September day? That's a that's a great question. So hot September day I use I put it if I'm in the field, I put it in a cooler with block ice on the bottom and I put a uh, contractor garbage bag over the block ice on the bottom. I'll throw the quarters in so that they fall on each side of that block ice. And then I'll put another garbage bag over top and I'll put block ice over top of it or ice over top of it as well. So it keeps dry. Now, yes, the meat, the meat is going to sweat because it's warm, right? You just killed a live animal and you're putting it on ice. It's going to sweat. So you don't want to leave it in this cooler, you know, a huge 210 or 125 Yeti or Siberian or whatever, for five days and let it sweat, get it cooled down and then get it hanging. So it dries out. Right. So that that's really important. And then let's follow that, that question up with, okay, I got it cooled down. I'm going to hang it and it dries out, but Oh my God, I'm hanging it from an area that's going to get direct sunshine. And it's supposed to, we are having a, you know, an unusually warm October and it's going to be 82 degrees. What do I do with it then? You take it out of the tree you put it back in the cooler with ice and make sure there's a contractor bag separating the, the meat from the ice if you can, and you close it up. And then when you get home from work and the sun's off that tree and the temperature drops back down into the low 40s overnight, hang it back up overnight so that the air can move around it, right? You don't want to leave it hanging in with the bright sun shining on it at 82 degrees just because you know you're supposed to hang it. First priority, cool. Second priority, dry. Right. So, I mean, the way I think about it when I'm in the field, clean, cool, and dry is the three things that I always want clean that happens in the field. That's on me. Right. That's, that's where the cut right app comes in cool by whatever means necessary. I get that meat cooled down so that that bone rot doesn't happen and I'm not losing meat. And then third dry. If it, if it's in a cooler that is wet and it's listen, we killed elk this year in August. I put it in a cooler. It had to stay in a cooler all day because my wife frowns on when I hang elk quarters from the basketball pole on our cul-de-sac. <laughs> she doesn't really like that. So it stayed in coolers. When I went out that evening to pull it out, I mean, I'm not lying to you. It was swimming in water because it had melted all the water, but the meat was cold. I mean, it was cold, cold. I took it out. I hung it in our garage for a couple days, I made sure I put a fan on it and I kept it cool and I got it dry. So clean, cool, and dry. Worst case scenario, you kill that animal, you bring it home, throw it in a chest freezer, right? And this is this requires a little bit of forethought with the new hunter, right? Most of most hunters know that they need room in their freezer for their animal, or we have a garage fridge to put it in, or we know to keep it cool. One of the things, if you're going to get into hunting, you're going to need a freezer. A small chest freezer, a little $150, $220 chest freezer, it serves dual purpose. You're going to have a place to put your meat. And while there are benefits and negatives to chest freezers and upright freezers, it's pretty easy to start with the chest freezer because of its duality and purpose here. A small chest freezer, you can store your meat in it. 
but you bring it home from a September hunt or an October warm week, you just killed a whitetail and it's warm and you need to get it cooled, put your quarters in it, but it doesn't, the top doesn't close. What am I supposed to do? The top doesn't close. Yeah. It's going to cost you an extra $6 on your energy bill. Close the top as much as it can throw a sleeping bag over top of it to block, you know, the footer 18 inches. They might still be open to keep it insulated and let the freezer do its job of cooling that meat down. It is a hundred percent better to let your meat freeze and then thaw it and butcher it and then freeze it again, as opposed to let it get warm and ruin all your meat. Oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, and that's honestly, that's what I did the first, you know, three years we've killed elk. I had a small chest freezer that, I mean, the thing must've been 22 years old and I only plugged it in during elk season. Cause at the time didn't have enough, you know, garage fridge space and an area to hang it. So we would just throw it in the, the small chest freezer. And in fact, we kept that chest freezer an extra three years just to throw elk quarters into. And yeah, it, the lid didn't close. The feet were sticking out, but it did its job. It kept that meat cool when we would kill elk in August or early September. Awesome. So, I mean, that falls on all of us though. I mean, this is, this is right. info for the new hunter, but like, you know, if you're listening and you have a buddy who's about to go out on his whitetail hunt and tell him to tune into this one, because, you know, clean, cool, and dry are the three components to meat. And by whatever means necessary, cool that meat off because okay. it, as soon as it warms up, if it stays warm for too long, it starts to rot from the inside out as a butcher on as your own butcher at your kitchen table or whatever. As soon as you slice into it, if you smell that milky baby vomit, right, Ryan, that's what we called it. It smells like milky baby yep. vomit. As soon as you smell that, you know, you lost some meat and you have to start shaving meat off or cutting meat out, hoping you didn't lose it. And I will tell you when you take it out of the game bags, thinking you did a good job. If it smells like that on the surface, all hopes lost, right? If that smell has made its way all the way to the surface of your meat, it's, it's done for, right? There, I mean, you, you can fish around and try to find that one little cube that isn't rotted, but it's done for if it smells on the surface. Okay. And then to go with the, I guess to go further from this. So we're planning mm -hmm. cool, hang, get it dry. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you have people that call you panicking mm -hmm. for a butcher, what's yeah. your answer to them? The people that haven't prepared mm -hmm. with a butcher, knowing there's one available or, and I know, like you said, we can freeze it. Like there's things mm -hmm. we can do to counteract not having a butcher to keep your meats, meat safe. And ultimately that's the most important thing. Yes. But what's your answer to those that kill and are in panic of not having a butcher like you should My, think you should think about that before you go hunting correct a hundred percent i mean i mean i never say this but the reality is that's a you problem not a me problem that's a, you call up any butcher and are panicking they're they're gonna say like i i don't know what to do i don't know what to help you with here like i can't take your animal if they can't take your animal that's something you need to plan on ahead of time of what you are going to do with your animal. And I can't tell you how many people that I've turned on to the cut right app this season saying like, listen, I'm booked for the next 11 days. I can't come to you and do your animal for at least two weeks. It's going to be warm. 
do you have a freezer or a fridge you can put it in? Like a garage fridge, beer fridge, throw it in that. No, I don't have it. Okay, download this app and do it yourself. I don't have a space to do it myself. Throw up a table in your garage or your back, your back porch and just do it yourself. Get the meat wrapped and put it in the freezer, right? Like you, ha- if you don't, you're going to ruin your animal. You're going to lose all the meat that you worked so hard for. So relying that there's going to be a butcher, quite honestly, and this is the bottom line, relying that there's going to be a butcher or somebody available for you to take care of your animal for you isn't a good bet, right? If the whole idea, what do most hunters say? Like, I want to hunt because I want to be self-sufficient. I want to be able to feed my family. I want to be able to do it myself. I want to be able to, I don't like the word harvest. I want to be able to kill my own meat, right? I want to be able to do all this. They do all of it. And then what do they do? They rely on a butcher for that part. It's, it's a poor, it's a poor method. It's a poor choice. Like it's, if a butcher's available and you'd prefer to use one, use them, use me. If you're in Northern Idaho, use whoever, if you're in Boise, there's some good ones. If you're in Idaho falls, there's some good ones, but don't rely on them. That's relying on somebody else to do something that you probably should learn how to do anyway. It's kind of like changing the oil on your truck. Like I, if Jiffy Lube is available and there's not a three hour wait, I'll take my truck to Jiffy Lube. If I drive by Jiffy Lube or Valvoline and there's a line that wraps around the Dutch Brothers up here in Coeur d'Alene, I'm going to my house and I'm changing my own damn oil. There's some things that you should just know how to do because they might need to be done and somebody's not going to be there to do it for you. You know what I mean? Right. Well, right. And there's nothing wrong with using a butcher. 100% it, no. I mean, they there's do. Nothing, there's nothing wrong not. with it. But just be in a moment that you can't get one. Yeah, that 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 sh- shouldn't be a panic moment. That should no, be, there's there okay, should be. Okay, what's a, our next step? Let's, that's exactly let's do it, it. ourselves. Let's throw it in the freezer because I absolutely don't want to do this. I mean, and, Ryan, you're going into healthcare. You you're familiar with the triage method. Okay, so first line, I got this animal down. I'm going to call a butcher. Okay, there's no butcher available, or the butcher that I want to use is three times the price that I'm willing to pay. What's my next step in taking care of this? Don't panic. There is things to do to take care of it. Like, yep. okay, I've never butchered an animal before. I can't. Yes, you can. Take a breath. You don't even need a bony knife. You can do it with your field knife. You can butcher an animal with your field knife. And I'll tell you what, I don't want to buy the surrender app. I always use a butcher. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. That's totally fine as well. Cut the meat off, put it in one gallon Ziploc bags, take as much air out of it as you can and throw it in the freezer. It is totally fine right? You just don't panic. And I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with, with using a butcher. I mean, we do some pretty fun stuff, you know, at people's requests and we could do a lot of things that maybe the, the average Joe on their kitchen counter doesn't know how to do. Although the cut right app goes through most of the, well, it goes through all the cuts, even some hidden oh, cuts yeah, that absolutely. people don't know about, but don't panic guys. You can do it yourself with your field knife, whether it's a shank knife or a Havilon or an outdoor edge or whatever. That's all you need, man. You need, that's all you need to do it yourself and you need the time. So keep the meat clean, keep the meat cool. If you can get it dry. And if no one is available, if there's not a butcher available, do it yourself, man. You went out there because you wanted to provide for your family and kill and not rely on a grocery store and some farmer or rancher, sorry, not farmer, rancher that raises animals to uh to provide your family with meat 
don't rely on a butcher to butcher it for you. Just, it, it will be fine. I promise you. And we are here, like Cutright Mobile is there to hold your hand along the way, mirror it from your phone to your TV, and you are going to be absolutely astonished at how easy it truly is to butcher your own animal. Oh, absolutely. And we're available on Instagram. Definitely Mike. 100%. Give him a shout. Give him a I shout said, out. He... Come look at him. Give him a call. He'll answer all the... any question you have. Oh man, Ryan, my wife's going to love you for that one. As, <laughs> as the younger kids say, you can, you can slip into my deep well, No slide into my DMS. <laughs> don't slip into anything of mine. You can slide. I don't even know. How I feel about people sliding into my things, but <laughs> his number can... is 208. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, 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 <laughs> no, but no. seriously, reach out to me via message on Instagram. I am, I am always there to, you know, I'm on that thing pretty frequently. I've been lacking in the post this month because it's been really busy helping other hunters butcher their animals. Um, but I'm always, always there to help, man. You guys, you got this. And seriously, those of you that are listening, I know you're jealous that you're not seeing Ryan's baby gap shirt that in his new buff muscles that he has, but it falls on your shoulders not to see that. I don't need to see that, but to tell the, your friends that are hunting for the first time, like, dude, what are you going to do when you kill that animal? I don't give a damn if you're going to gut it or you're going to do the gutless. You got to keep that meat cool and you got to get the damn thing dry. If it stays cool and dry, you got a couple weeks to figure it out. If you right. can't, if you can't figure out how to keep it cool and dry, quite honestly, you shouldn't be out in the field hunting. If you don't have a plan to keep it cool and dry, right? I mean, if you're an Idaho resident, you pay what? 13 bucks for a deer tag, $30 for a hunting license. And you using your grandpa's gun and, you know, bullets that were sitting on your shelf for 10 years. So you're going to kill a deer for 80 bucks, go to the Salvation Army or the, you know, St. Vincent DePaul thrift store. And buy a damn garage fridge for a hundred bucks. That'll just keep it cool for you if you have to, but get the damn right. cold. Otherwise you're going to lose it all. Right. Well, and we've, we've got to go. I think, I don't know what we've gone. We may be gone a little long on today's. Well, episode. I got, I, we got so enthralled talking about your new level of fitness. So we're at 30. So we, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> we we're, got, we've gone, we've got, we've gone a little long, but we want you guys to know. It, you know, sometimes it's scary definitely doing these new things, but you're already out there doing something new, hunting, shooting an animal, uh, going the next step. We know you can do it. Yep. Uh, you're capable. I mean, you've already killed the animal. Yeah. Uh, just, just do it, you know, Clean, just take cool, that step. And Clean, cool, and dry. The, those three words. That's all you got to remember. And you can do it yourself. You can Don't do it. Panic. Everything's going to be fine. As, as you know, one of my mantras when things get really bad, I'm out in the field and Jack will probably have to bleep this out is nothing is fucked. Everything is fine. Everything is going to be okay right now. And that's, that's the case when it comes to the yep. animal that you have in the back of your truck. Nothing is screwed guys. You got this. Yep. Well, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll be on next week we're gonna get back to these not have a month gap and uh we appreciate your support absolutely guys take care mm -hmm.